You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Cameron Lemons, Deborah, back to another episode of Inside the Force. Uh, Wake 31, FSU 21. I would call the win cathartic. I think that was the best way to put that, um, especially after the little war of words or one-sided war of words, I guess, from the last week. Um, yeah, I thought that was a great game. And you know, just kind of going into this podcast, you know, we're going to obviously talk about the FSU game, uh, preview a little bit of Army, and then we're also going to touch a little bit on football and basketball recruiting. I think, you know, it's been a little bit since we talked about this on here. I think it'd be a really smart thing to talk about right about now. Uh, but yeah, starting with the FSU game, I don't think it was the cleanest of games. You know, that little third quarter lull hurt a little bit. Um, you know, there, there were kind of talks about, you know, the play calling, this, this and that. Uh, I thought they were fine, to be quite honest. I really didn't have that much of an issue with it. But, you know, I think I think par- partially sometimes they don't do the best when they turtle up. And sometimes I just kind of go, well, it's I don't think they were really turtling up. I They honestly just they, I don't think it's turtling up to play ball control. Like, some, do you want to put your foot on the other guy's net? Yes. But at a certain point, you know, they when they wanted to go out there and have a seven minute drive, they did. And so it's. And it was mixed between running and passing, but I mean, I thought you know they did a good job of, do, of doing that. And they were they were wearing down the FSU defense. I thought FSU got a little bit of a second win, and you know that's where we kind of felt the momentum, quote unquote, momentum starting to turn. But on the whole, I thought it was fine. Um, you know, just kind of looking at game on paper, and if you've ever used gameonpaper.com, um, really good site. You can use it during games, after games. You can go back five, six, seven years, and you can go back a, a pre decent while. And, you know, it's a really fun resource to kind of look at and be like, you know, what happened during this game? You know, what was explosive? What wasn't explosive? Like, you know, where where, where was this game when it lost? I thought a big thing where this game was won and lost. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of time of possession. But, I mean, the number of plays FSU ran versus what Wake ran was astounding. Wake ran almost – Wake ran over 20 more plays. Than Wake had – Wake ran 85 plays. FSU ran 63. You want for a wake, you want those games to be in the 60s on defense. You want to keep your defense as fresh as possible. Um, and on offense, you're going, to, you're going to want to run about 80, 90 plays. <laughs> like that's that's you running your offense. Um, you know, wake, um, you know, so when I use, so they actually give for team stats, you know, kind of the percentiles and the percentiles are comparing that to the previous year. Um, not, not for that specific team, but just the entire um, FBS. So an EPA per play, so expected points added per play. Uh, Wake finished in the 72nd percentile. They moved the ball pretty well up and down the field. Uh, EPA per drop back, um, so pat on passes, 81st percentile. In rushes, they were only 40, 46. Uh, but I also think a little bit of that is how much they just were just running into eight-man boxes just because they, A, knew FSU wasn't going to stop it consistently, and B, 
you know, that's what happens. I mean, this that this, it, this game pretty much spoke to me the exact same way that last year's Wake FSU game went. It looked like a game Wake Forest had in hand. They were like, okay, we don't think that FSU can sit there and make enough plays to really do anything. And I know the fans got a little bit worried about how things kind of got within touchdown, but on the whole, you know, FSU gets within touchdown. Wake spends seven minutes driving down the field. The next, the very next drive, it was like clockwork. Um, so, I mean, it was, I thought they were fine there. Explosive play rate, uh, Wake uh, had an explosive play 12% of the time. It was actually pretty evenly split between passing and rushing. Uh, they had five um, explosive passes, five explosive rushes. I mean, I thought that the key to this game was going to be for Wake was, you know, are they able to take, are they able to complete the short passes and are they able to run the ball when FSU was going to try to let them run the ball a little bit? And they did. I mean, Justice Ellison had a fantastic day. Christian Turner ran super hard I and mean, Sam Hartman ran hard himself. I mean, they, you know, when you take out sacks and I mean, it's really annoying that ESPN and college football in general says, you know, sacks are rushing yards when the NFL doesn't um, take you, you adjust for sacks and Wake had over 200 yards on the ground. Like that's a, they, they did well. They did extremely well on the ground. And it partially was because, you know, FSU was running this cover two, cover four, and they're trying to get home before and they, couldn't get home. And part of that was the injuries they didn't have Fabian Lovett. Uh, Jarrett Verse didn't really play his full any of snaps. And, you know, there were times he looked good and sometimes he got washed and that kind of happens. But I thought they did a fantastic job on the ground. And I thought they, I thought Sam Hartman did while he wasn't as dominant as last week against Clemson. He didn't need to be dominant this week. He needed to just Take what the defense gave him, you know, take your check downs, take, you know, oh, cool, there's a drag right over the middle, just hit him, hit that. And then when he had a shot, I, mean, I, I know he missed, I know he personally missed one, you know, the, there was a 180 kind of free down the right sideline and he kind of just overthrows him. But I mean, he had a beautiful ball to, to Donovan Green. Um, yeah, he had a couple of other throws that I thought were really nice. He scrambled out and hit, hit an AT for a touchdown. I thought, you know, when he took his spots to create with his arm, I thought he did well with them, but it was a thing of the game plan was going to be the running backs are probably going to be a, the running backs and the slot receivers are probably going to be the story of this game. And so I was really, I was really pleased with, I was really pleased with that, like kind of all around. Um, I don't really, like I said, I wasn't, I don't think it was that clean. I mean, I, I only thought the lull was a little bit meh in, in third. And, you know, people want to talk about the play call. And I was just, I thought, FSU got a second wind. And, you know, Jarrett Burst made a couple of NFL level plays. That kid's going to the NFL after this season. And, you know, that that happens. Um, I thought defensively, I thought on the whole, the defense played well. Um, I thought Sheen played probably his best game ever. He was great in the passing game, but he was also great in the run game. Rondell should have had a sack fumble, should have had a sack strip. Um, that also that play that Sheen, you know, sacks and strips. Travis and they call it dead. That really should have been a fumble. Um, I everyone kind of like the announcer. The announcers were kind of confused about that. I was kind of confused on that and talked to people after the game. They're like, "Yeah, should have been a fumble. Not really sure what happened here." Um, but yeah, I, I and I thought that the linebackers tackled well. I thought the corners, you know, had the corners were up and down, but I think for the most part the corners were good. And you know, part of me saying that is FSU didn't complete a single third down to a to a white health. If you go through all all four completions, all four third down completions for FSU and all, and they had eleven total third downs, 
FSU didn't complete a single third down to a wide receiver. Like I, I thought they, I thought they had their moments of playing well. I thought that last PI on Gavin Holmes was just garbage. Like FSU kind of got bailed out there. Um, there were two other ones down the stretch that were way more egregious than, than that one. So I was really confused as to how Gavin got hit with that one, but you know, we'll move on. thought the safeties were good. Um, but yeah, I, I thought, you know, especially, you know, get back to the defensive line. One of my biggest things, you know, I was really weirded out when this game was, you know, FSU minus seven, FSU minus six. I was, I was weirded out because I thought Wake's, defensive line was the perfect sort of matchup for Wake's, I mean, for FSU's offensive line. And I thought, you know, Wake and this, or even the style like Clemson of, you know, like Clemson has aliens, sort of every matchup is going to match up for them. But, you know, teams that like to stunt, that like to confuse what's going on, confuse the offensive linemen, teams that like speed rushing. I thought those, the people, those two types of teams really no tough styles really would affect this FSU offensive line who were already down a right tackle in Bless Harris, either a starting center slash sixth man in, in, in uh, Caden Lyles. You know, he was kind of battling for that center spot. And then they were down left tackle Robert Scott. Um, he looked apparently just not great in warmups and, you know, he's been dealing with an injury. And then, you know, Washington on, le- on left tackle was, wasn't great. But I thought, you know, if you can try to confuse this defensive line, this offensive line, you know, speed rush them, especially I think at right tackle. I don't know. I don't like sending people out, but, you know, Turntine has cement blocks for shoes. Like, he couldn't handle a speed rush at all on Saturday. There were so many blown assignments because guys were just stunning all over the place, and it looked, people just looked confused. And, you know, I thought they did a really good job against, yeah, they had some beat-up offensive line, but we've seen beat-up offensive lines still win. I mean, Boston College has one of the worst ones in, in the ACC and went out there and ran the ball over for Louisville. Like, you got. You still have to be able to win your matchups. And I thought Wake did a good job of just taking care of business. I mean, you know, I thought this was what you needed. I thought this was a game that Wake controlled most, pretty much most of the game. Um, I thought it was a game that you know Wake didn't let Clemson beat them twice. Even when even when they went down to start the game immediately, they didn't let that kind of bother them. When FSU started coming back, I don't think they let that bother them at all. You know, I, I thought this was a game that you know Wake was Wake did what they should have in this game. I thought one of the biggest things about this game was the fact that, you know, you know, one of the things that's fun about football is, is leverage. It's, you know, what kind of situations are you putting yourself into slash holding your opponent to and vice versa. I thought third down leverage was a really, really big thing. Um, FSU consistently was behind the sticks on third down. It was consistently third and eight, third and nine, third and 13. There was, it was never a, it was never, there was never a running down. I don't think there was a single running down and a running down for me is, um, well, for anyone is a third down and four or less. Like they were, they were in third and fives and longer the entire time. Meanwhile, for Wake, Wake was third and one, third and three, third and four. They had a couple of longer ones after a couple of sacks, but on, on the whole, Wake just had the leverage in third down situations, and that's why they were better on third down. And that's why FSU couldn't stay on the field on third down. It's a lot harder to it's a lot harder to, to convert convert third downs on third and nine, third and ten. Like it, it just is. That's why you want to stay on schedule. I mean, I thought overall field position. Um, honestly, I think I think FSU won that one. They, they were returning kicks pretty decently, but in terms of like actually con- like sustaining drives, like. The median wake drive, like so, the median 
with 54 yards. <laughs> I think FSU's was around 20. Like, like Wake was like even when they didn't score, Wake was consistently taking time off the clock and they were moving the ball down the field and they were wearing out that defense. I thought that was really, really impressive. I mean, I, I thought Wake did a good job of holding on to, you know, just the leverage. They they won the leverage game and it really stuck out to me like last year of you know, it it's it's a score that could have been a lot worse <laughs> for FSU if Wake doesn't just start saying, Okay, cool, like we're gonna we know we're gonna win. Let's just let's just keep we're gonna keep running our offense to a degree. Um, but we're also gonna make sure to play a good a good chunk of ball control and just get and just get it out of here. Um you know, I think health is something to worry about, not worry about. I actually really don't want to use the word worry. Um, I think that's something that I'm going to keep an eye on. You know, I think we were all a little bit surprised to see Blake Whitehart out. Um, I mean, Camp Height was out already. A little bit surprised at that. And I mean, Jaeger Bull did well in that. Um, you know, Malik, you know, he, while he played, still coming off a separate shoulder. Uh, I didn't, I think we only saw one snap of Quincy Bryant. Um, I know I'm pretty sure Brent Harrison, I had from the PFF, we said Brent Harris wasn't on the field in terms of defense. He was on the field for kickoffs, but, um, you know, Quinn Cooley didn't get a rep and I was kind of fine with that, but we saw, you know, at certain times, like it looked like Devontae Gordon got rolled up on once, uh, Jeff Beyonce Nash missed a few snaps and he came back in, but, um, you know, I think it's really paramount that, they get through this next, I mean, also Kalen in play. I think it's paramount that they get through the next game against Army and get to this bye and just and just get healthy. I mean, you look you look at Wake's schedule right now, you know, before the season, it kind of felt like there wasn't a point where Wake could really, like, catch their breaths. And I think, but I think as the season evolved, they're in the part right now where they can catch their breaths. You know, I mean, Army is, we'll get to Army in a second. Army's not a good team right now, but, you know, you can get past that, then you have a bye. Yeah, I know Boston College just beat Louisville. That offensive line still really beaten up. Like it's still still a really beat up line. And then Louisville um, on October 29th. Again, it's a it that Louisville team that you can just run all over. Um, you know, they're they're an annoying team for Wake to play, and it's on the road. That's taken into consideration. But you know, this three game stretch is a three game stretch that you're like, all right now, like. You know, we got three games and a bye. We can really start trying to mix and match what we're doing. We can, you know, they're, they're looking at getting Nick Anderson back for the, for the Boston College game. It looks like Evan Slocum's getting back to health. You know, he got, uh, I think Kalen Carson plays. I actually, I, I would, I would kind of don't think Kalen Carson plays in this armor game. And I, I, I think they might just say, you know, if he's, cl- if he's close, let's just kind of see how it goes. But I don't, I don't, th- I think a good thing, a, an easy thing could be to just say, you know, let's just hit this one out. We're running with JJ and Gavin. It's a team that isn't really going to like to run the ball. I mean, throw the ball all that much. Um, and then we'll go for there. I mean, then, then you get back and you're like, okay, okay, cool. You're back. You're healthy. You've gotten about a month off. Here's a flowers. You got it. <laughs> and I think that'd be a good idea. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it'd be a good idea to get Malik, maybe some rest here and there, you know, maybe not sit him next game, but if, a guy like AJ Williams and a guy like Evan Slocum are playing well, you can steal some snaps and be like, okay, cool. Let's, let's give you a few breathers here. I mean, I, I think they'll get played way hard back this, this week. I think the offensive line will still be good. Um, receiver, I think, I think should be good, but we'll see, you know, it's always something kind of pops up and, you know, you never know until we're always in the press box and seeing who's available and who's not. Um, 
No, but I, I thought that was a really good game. Excuse me. Uh, I thought it was a really good game. I, I wanted to give a massive shout out to Keyshawn Williams and Justice and I mean, I, I mean, everyone on the team, the beef boys, everyone, but Key, Justice, and Christian, I was like, Key is, Key's got the juice. I, I, I really, <laughs> I, they, I was really surprised when someone a couple of years ago told me that, uh, that Keyshawn was going to be better than Dorch. And while I don't think he's there yet, I think we're starting to see why people are, why that statement was, was made. <laughs> and I think we are learning that, you know, it's, I, even like a guy, I mean, Taylor Wren's still doing his own part. He's, I mean, this is, we're not denigrating him at all. Like he's still a, fa- a fabulous part of the team, but we're starting to see, you know, like, you know, how do we get the ball into Keyshawn Williams' hand right now? He's, he can break a game open. Um, so I'm really pleased with that. You know, moving on to Army. This Army team stinks. It's really, it's really, really hard to, it's really hard because, you know, they're an annoying team to play because the triple option is always annoying to play. I mean, but they're one in three and their only win is against Villanova. They lost to a not UTSA is fine this year. Like they're not my favorite team. Like they, they're they're definitely not last year's UTSA. But I mean they're they're acceptable. Like they lost to Coastal. I mean, and Coastal is again not the same Coastal as last year. Um, you know, they're going, they're kind of going through some stuff. I mean, they're still 4-0, but they're going through some stuff. But I think the most like just damning part of it is, is the Georgia State lost last week. They lost 31 to 14. Um, you know, I post-game win is expectancy. I have some issues with that because you know, I think order matters, and I don't think order matters to post-game win expectancy. You know, I think that kind of helps the uh there has been a lot of like uh, I is it it there's a lot of things that go into post game discussion that I like and some I don't and I, so I I take the good with the bad. Um, Georgia State had a 99.3 percent win per post game win expectancy. So if they played that a hundred times, you'd expect Georgia State to win that game 99 percent of the time because of what happened on the field. It Army just. They just couldn't do anything. They, they still had, you know, Army still got theirs on the ground. They still had 354 rushing yards. You know, it's it, it, that. Also, again, it's Georgia State. So let's let's kind of, you know, call that spade a spade a little bit. You know, I think they're still going to run for two, 300 yards on most people. That's what they do. Um, But the, the, the weirdest thing is, you know, they threw for 446 yards the first two games. The last two games, they have completed one pass for 11 yards. Um, and I, I mean, you know, it's triple option and, you know, they're never not going to really throw that much anyway, but I think that kind of speaks to you know, what the team's kind of going through is, you know, they were, and even in those first two games, they lost those, they lost both of them. Um, but that's what kind of kept them close with those decent teams was they were able to throw the ball and against Georgia state and against Philadelphia, they, they couldn't throw the ball. <laughs> like, I don't think the offensive line is as good as it was in the year before. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and and just say, like, oh, wow, this should be a 30-point win. I, I, do, I am taking – it open at 17. I think it's down to 16 right now. I am going to probably take Wake, plus, Wake minus 16. I line this about Wake minus 23. Um, it's been bad. It, it's been bad for their Army. It's already a sellout, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. You know, a nice little 7.30 kickoff. 
I think the biggest thing, and we're kind of going to move away from Marvin just because there's there's not really much to talk about. Besides, they've been bad. They've just they've just been bad. Um, I think the, the just on the overarching AC scale right now, like I think we learned this past weekend that Wake is the second best team in the ACC. You know, I said it after the Clemson game. You know, people can kind of be like, "Oh, emotions were high after this," and you know, it was just a close game. I think when you look around the league right now and, and you go with the best two teams in the in the conference, it's I don't think there's really an argument to say that it's Clemson one and Wake number two. It kind of sucks when it comes to you know, the ACC championship time, and you know, Wake now has to worry about can can Clemson not worry about it, but I mean, if if they want to go, can Clemson lose twice? And obviously, obviously, you have to win out, but. And Clemson went twice, and Clemson handled uh, NC State pretty well. I thought NC State's offense just looks terrible. Um, you know, it, it looks like, and it wasn't just the Clemson thing. That's how they looked, looked all year. They don't their their scheme sucks. They don't pass block well. They don't have receivers to really do any damage besides Thayer. And Thayer, you can't really just rely on this. It's just a little slot guy for for that much. Like, I, I, I wakes the second best team right now. You know, I think they have a really good shot you know i i was a little i took wakes over in their win totals for both eight and a half and six and a half after the hartman news i mean wakes wakes four and one right now and you know you look at the schedule and i'm like okay you know where where are we at now and it's you know army should be a win boston college should be a win louisville should be a win nc state is a coin flip as of right now i mean on the road uh unc you still should win i don't really care that they beat the hell out of a for bad Virginia Tech team, that Virginia Tech team is really bad. That that team might win two games, and they've already won two games. Um, you know, I think Syracuse looking has looked better, but Syracuse is about to go through. Now that Syracuse hasn't played a bunch of bad teams, I don't think they played a bunch of bad teams, but they haven't played a bunch of good teams. And here's what Syracuse does after the bye this week: uh, they host NC State, go to Clemson, host Notre Dame, go to Pitt, host Florida State. Go to Wake and then go to Boston College. I mean, I, I you know it's going to be kind of hair and missing you kind of take that week by week for in, for Syracuse. I mean, out of the out of the next seven games, you could make a realistic case that, that Syracuse loses five of them, like a, like a pretty good case that Syracuse loses against State, loses against Clemson, loses against Notre Dame. I think they lose against Wake, and then you know they you know one of Pitt, Florida State, Boston College. You know that might be a will coming off sort of thing, but. No, but I think Wake's right now the second best team. But I don't think anyone really should have any. There should there isn't another avenue to say that. So to say anything else, like, I don't think you don't think the case we made for NC State after we just saw. I mean, Wake beat FSU. Pitt just lost to Georgia Tech. Yikes! Um, and I think we want to see Duke against you know some some other teams. But you know, but before we get into recruiting talk, I want to hear a word from our sponsors. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! So recruiting. Always, always a really fun thing for me to talk about. It's stressful for people. I get it. Happens. So, you know, kind of ripping the band-aid off. uh, Khalil Barnes, three-star DB out of North Oconee. I decommitted this morning. Um, it this was one that I kind of felt the writing was a little bit on the wall when the Clemson offer came. Um, 
because it, it's just it was a thing that I, I don't I don't think this applies to pretty much any other team or player on Wake's commits right now, but it was a thing that if that offer came when when before he committed to Wake, I thought he was gone. Yeah, there were two offers I was worried about were Clemson and UGA, and I think he's going to get both <laughs> and kind of chalk that one up and move on. Um, I thought he was and the whole like oh he'll get a four he'll get bumped to a four star when he commits to one of them. I think he was going to get bumped to a four star regardless. Kilo Barnes has been has been kind of balling, like not kind of he's been balling this year. Um, and you know I, I, it sucks and moves on, but I don't think it has any sort of effects on any other recruit. Um, I think guys like Robinson are fine, Mays are fine. You know, people are kind of freaking out about Michael Mays and be like, oh, well, like he might have gone to the State game or might, might, you know, he might be taking a visit to NC State or might be taking a visit to Miami and things like that. And I go, whatever, I don't care. As long as as long as Wake keeps winning, I'm fine. Michael Mays, fine with Tony Robinson. They're they're fine. Um, you know, there's always kind of one decommit every year from Wake's class and it kind of happens and you take it and move on. Um, I, I've talked to Khalil multiple times. I really, I, I've talked to his like, coaches around him. Nothing but the best for Khalil. Uh, he's pre- he is a really good kid. Uh, I'm not just saying that because I don't like people trashing recruits. Don't trash recruits, by the way. Um, but no, I, Khalil, Khalil is a really, really good dude. And I, and I think recruitment recruiting is hard, man. Like These are decisions that are going to affect their entire lives. And I don't think most of them, especially Khalil, make their decisions just on the just on a whim like they they go through a lot of mental anguish and you know i honestly didn't ask him about clemson last time we spoke which was after the clemson game and like we i could tell it was just like kind of a sigh of relief for him he was like i just don't want to talk about this right now and you know part of it is you know it's it's hard to sit there and be like well like i'm committed to the school and i really like the school but you know the school i've been dreaming on is, is offering me right now and actually serious about it um but you know kind of move on from there and i think wake will be fine um i thought wake was just kind of monitoring dbs at, at a certain point um there's a guy uh Sabor kareem wake who showed a little bit of interest in him about probably you know, may june things kind of really fell off there and his recruitment he's he's been someone that his recruitment he's fine taking that out to december he doesn't seem like he wants, he's in a rush to commit really anywhere. I know Illinois is on him pretty heavily, um, but, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I know Duke, Duke is, is trying to get him on, get him on as well. UVA, um, but I think Wake might, might kind of circle back there. Um, well, I mean, they've already been, they've been communicating, but I think they might circle back and really start trying to amp that, amp up communication there. Um, but as a whole, I don't really think this is going to be something that Wake goes out there and just automatically offer someone. I think they're going to find someone for the spot, but I don't know if they're they're in, in a spot where it's going to be immediately like let's just offer somebody right now. Um, I think they're just going to sit back and you're going to kind of receive you know who's been who's been playing well this this fall and go from there. I just kind of recruiting as a whole for that class. Um, I think they're pretty much done on the offensive side, unless a guy like uh, Sean Williams come like decommits from Maryland. I don't see that happening, but I think they're I think they like what, where they're at. I mean, obviously quarterback, obviously at running back, Drew Pickett's being a monster right now. Wide receiver, they feel great. Um, I don't necessarily see them taking tight end right now. They might, 
But I don't. I think it really depends on how guys kind of progress, and I think they liked what they saw at Camp Height so far this year. Um, so I don't know if they, that's on the table right now. Offensive line, I think they're fine right now. Um, I think they might monitor to see some some see if some guys might open up their recruitment here and there. But you know, if, you know, Wake doesn't really like talking about flips, and we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, except for one guy, we'll talk. We'll get to him in a second. And defensively. I think they're about done on the defensive line. The only thing I could really see, the, at least from the high school ranks, I'm of the opinion that I think they get, it at the very least, a defensive tackle out of the portal. Um, if you look at the if you look at their scholarship kind of broken down right now, they, they're losing Tyler Williams, Deion Bergon, and Kobe Turner this year. They're all exhausted eligibility. Um, and so, you know, what's that, where does that leave on defensive tackle? It leaves them with... Kevin Pointer, who they really, really enjoy. Uh, Bernard Gooden, who they also really enjoy. You know, that's great. Isaiah Chaney, who just can't stay healthy right now. And Justin Williams, who I basically, who we've basically never seen all year. You know, he really kind of popped a little bit in 2020, and then we haven't seen him since. Um, and then they obviously have uh, Kashawn Thomas and Chris Marable coming out. But defensive line is not where you want freshmen or even really second-year guys coming. unless it's, And especially on the interior, where they're going to need to, you know, get an acclimated game speed and get acclimated to, to playing against guys that aren't 210 pounds. Um, so yeah, so I, I think, I think they get a, a defensive tackle there out of the portal, but I don't see them offer another DT. I think the only sort of kind of defensive lineman they'll offer will be someone that's plays the Deacon spot. So the, the former drop-in spot, because after this year, they'll have Ja'Cory as a redshirt senior. If he decides to come back, Kendra Raymond as a junior, Jashane Davis can, can play both sides, but you know, with Rondell, Rondell's probably leaving after this year. It's calling a spade a spade. Rondell's probably gone. Um, yeah, so they'll have you know three guys there, and then BJ Williams can play on, um, will be on, will be a, a deacon, and then Eli Hall is more of a strong side guy. And they have three guys coming in right now, uh, Carrington Lee, Tyler Walden, and Sam Williams. Sam Williams probably ends up on the interior. Um, you know, right now he's being. Prior, right now, he kind of says, "I'm a DT." I think he kind of ends up in the mold of a of a Dion of Dion Bergon in terms of an interior guy. Tyler Walton is going to play a strong side, um, so where Rondell plays, and then uh, Carrington Lee, I can see being a, a drop in. But you know, I think you're. I think if if you have the right type of personnel, you can you can have you can have a second type of of, of lineman like that. But I mean, I think it's going to also depend on you know. Is there other spots open? So linebacker, um, you know, I, you know, they're still kind of in the search for that. We saw an offer out last week to um, Kamal Bonner, which was actually a reoffer for Kamal. Um, you know, I Kamal is someone that I I really enjoyed. Um, you know, I, he he was a really nice to talk to. He's I love his size. You know, he's 6'2", 200 right now. I think that's pretty accurate about where he is out of Moultrie, Georgia, Colquitt County High School. Uh, I think he's someone that, you know, when that whole like Ben Minich and Kamal Bonner and sort of like, you know, that kind of rover spot where and that rover might actually just end up being a buck linebacker. Um, I think I can really see him being someone that they go after a lot harder. I mean, they reoffered and, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes. Uh, right now he's committed to Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, I know Georgia Tech just had a, a win over Pitt, but, you know, I think there's a long way to go in the season. Uh, I don't think that's the only commitment we're talking to. I know they're still talking to good old Caleb Woodson. 
don't remember Caleb Woodson was the guy who had uh, he came down to Virginia Tech, Wake, and UVA. Um, ended up choosing Virginia Tech. Um, I know they're still communicating with him, and for good reason. A, Caleb Woodson is really, really good. Um, and B, I don't know if you've taken a look at that Virginia Tech schedule, but uh, you know, I, there's there's no way, there is zero chance that um, Brent Pry gets fired. But here's how VT finishes their year. They have they have to go to Pitt this week, then they host my host Miami, then they have a bye, and then they go to NC State, host Virginia Tech, go to Duke, go to Liberty, and then come home for the uh, for the Commonwealth Cup. If I'm a if I'm a Ben man out of that group, I'm setting the the win total the the win total out of that out of that to be two and a half, and I might juice to the under. <laughs> I honestly might say it at one and a half. And I might say it at one and a half. I don't know if they beat Pitt. I mean, I know, I again, I know Pitt just lost to, to Georgia Tech, but a road game coming off of an annoying loss, and you really can't, Virginia Tech can't move the ball. They they have no offense. Their offense stinks. Um, I think that's going to be tough. And then again, again against a, a tough defense in Pitt, like tough. You know, Miami is kind of all over the place, but. I mean, they still, they might just get out-talented there. Um, that might just be one where Miami just kind of says, we're just going to out-talent you. I don't think they have a chance against NC State. I know I hate the offense of NC State, but I don't think they have a chance there. Uh, Georgia Tech looks better than expected, for at least at least from one game. So it was that a dead cat bounce. It was that they just hated that coach that much. Um, Duke might be the best team in the Coastal. <laughs> Duke, honestly, might be the best team in the Coastal right now. Um, Liberty, I think Liberty might be a good team. I think Liberty might be a nine, 10 win team. Um, I might bet Liberty in that game, depending on how the, how the way go, how things go down to November 19th. Um, Liberty, I think Liberty wins that game. <laughs> and then, you know, a rival game with GBA. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think it's necessarily out of the realm that this team ends up with anywhere between two to four losses. I mean, two to four wins and they have two wins right now so like they could go winless and they could win and i think they could win two games i think anything over two games is a massive win in that stretch but and i think that's a thing that you know if you're i know they're trying to sell a rebuilding and, and a lot of the stuff but if you're someone that wants to be good it's it's a little hard to, to justify that going to a team that's you know might be three and nine four four and eight Versus a team that could finish the season 10 into 11 1. I think if Wake Forest goes out there and wins 10, 11 games, and I, you know, I think 11 would be a better, be a better thing for them, obviously. They go out there and win a, an 11, 11 games again. They, you might start, you, you might start seeing some flips. <laughs> and you might see, start seeing some flips for the good guys. I mean, and it's because of the thing that I know people are hammering Wake about right now behind the scenes is thinking that, that, um, even, even if they had a good season and made it to the AC championship game last year, that is because Clemson was just bad last year. And, you know, obviously they lost to Clemson, but you no, know, if we can go out there and still have a 10, 11 game, 11, win, 11, win season and make it to a New York six bowl or make it to just a, a really, a really good ACC bowl and, and essentially be the number two team in the ACC, 
there's there's not a whole lot people can say behind the scenes. Like Wake can just post it up and be like, "All right, here you go. Anything else? Anything else you want?" Um, you know, and I, I think that I think it'll go well. And I think that's why it's so important for Wake to take care of business against the teams they have to take care of business against. Is because if you go out there and win double digits again, there's nothing anyone can say to you on the recruiting show right now. It's not a damn thing. The only team, the only teams that could actually say something to you are Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson. Those are the, really the only four teams that can sit there and be like, "All right, you know, we got something better than them." That's because they put people in the league every freaking. They put more people in the league every year. They win titles. They win national titles, and it's kind of it. Maybe I'll throw Michigan in there too. Not a national title form, but like Michigan, it's big. But like everyone else. You start leveling the playing field a little bit when you when you win when you consistently win those games and you know I, I think one of the first episodes I had not I think the first episode I had was you know talking about what Wake wanted to be or Wake what Wake should have been what Wake what should be if they want to you know continue this and I equated them equated to you want to be that Stanford run from from what. 2009 that was 85 yeah so from 2009 to 2018 that nine-year run where where Stanford is just being one of the best teams in the Pac-12 they're winning 10 11 12 games a, a year and you're sitting here like hey like so sorry there's nothing you can there's so, so there's not something you can tell me like we're we're an elite academic school like we're winning what more do you really want, you know? And I'm really, really impressed with, you know, what they're doing recruiting wise. And I'm, but I think, you know, they, if we get, if they get some, they get some wins, then you start seeing a lot more articles about like, oh, Wicks reaching out to this guy and this guy. And I think that's, that's starting to come. Uh, moving over to basketball recruiting. Yeah, it's been tough. Yeah, the best, the only way to do it is tough. I mean, they're just getting out NIL on, on the trail. There's no two ways about it. Like losing Jamari McDowell to Kansas. I mean, yes, it's Kansas, and Kansas is the defending national titles. And, you know, it's it's hard to say, dang, we lost to Kansas. Oh, no, you lost the national title, well, national champions. But, like, they just got NIL there at the end. Like, and that was something that was something that was tough. Like, like I, I, I think it spoke volumes that – Pretty much every national person that was around that recruitment was like, I was, I, we all thought it was, they all thought it was Wake. I thought it was Wake. Kansas thought it, people thought it was Wake until like the very last moment. National people thought it was Wake until the very last moment. It was tough. Um, they're, they're just getting out NIL there. You know, I mean, there's still targets on the board. You know, Mike Williams uh, completed a visit a couple weeks ago. That recruitment kind of went weird. Um, not so much from a weekend, but just as a whole, like he doesn't like talking a lot. I think he just, I think he thought that his recruitment was going to kind of be a little stale. And then he thought, you know, he was going to get maybe one, one more big offer and that'd be it. And then people really started jumping in on him. Um, you know, I think, you know, we're going to kind of reevaluate that in the next couple of weeks. And, you know, he's finishing up a visit to finish up a visit to VCU, I believe this weekend. Um, you know, I think in a couple of weeks, we're going to have to see you know, what, what things are going, like where things are going. Cause I don't think anyone really has a pulse of, where they are. I know like a month and a half ago, like a month ago, uh, it came out, you know, Clemson and Syracuse were kind of top. And that was right after he had finished two official visits there. Stop talking to kids after official visits. 
Like I know it's fun to talk to them act like right after the OV, but I mean that's personally why I don't like talking to them, you know, until like maybe a, a, a week or so later. The visual visit high is a really real thing. Like it's a really real thing in basketball, it's a really real thing in football. Like, yeah, you just got wine to dine for an entire weekend. You're gonna you're gonna say nothing but nothing but roses and sunshine about a team. Um, I don't think I've ever heard someone's official visit going bad. Um, I think they'll bring in, uh, and I think I'm pretty sure they'll be bringing in George Washington III for an official visit in a couple weeks. Um, or trying to nail down that date, but he there he will be giving an official visit to to Wake Forest. So you know, there's a little positive there. You know, I really like the game. Um, and last is there is Aaron Clark. Um, for so they haven't offered him yet. Um, I think they still want to see some film and see you know where things stand with Mike and GW3 before going there. And I think that might be like, I think if they, I think he might be the last sort of high school offer unless someone really has just started blowing up. I mean, there's always people blowing up and we saw Bobby and Bobby is, Bobby's going to play this year, by the way. Um, everything I heard has happened here for practice is all you need to do is get that man in the pit for about three, four weeks. And I think he'll be good. I think he started doing a better job. Um, you know, he still needs to, he still needs to improve, you know, getting up to speed or like not letting the speed beat him with the game. Um, but I mean, he's done a better job of that since he's gotten the wake. Um, he's really put on um, a few extra pounds. Um, you know, so I'm really excited about that. But yeah, but I mean, there's always late offers like him, but you know, I think for the Cyclones right now, I think Aaron Clark might be like the last offer and then they're going to, then you take a step back, you know, if you miss out on him and Mike Williams and GW3, you know, kind of see where things go from there. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where we're at. You know, I think how much time am I at right now? Matt, 40 minutes. Um, it's been, it's, it's been, a, it's been a good week in terms of football, basketball, career, you know, it could be better. I mean, it could, it's, it's nothing I would, I'm going to trash for or anything like that. Like they're getting out muddied right now and simple as that. Um, and, you know, there's just going to be adjustments made. There's got to be adjustments made. But uh, thank you all guys all so much for listening. Um, please make sure to leave a review, comment, five stars. Really does help us out. And as always, go Deeks.